The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our discussion about doing more with less time. Joining us again is Liam Martin, who is the co-founder at TimeDoctor, Staff.com, and Running Remote, which are all businesses focused on helping marketers and entrepreneurs work more efficiently and more independently. Yesterday, Liam and I talked about how building a remote team is potentially the future of your marketing team. And today, we're going to get more into the weeds of how to actually build a remote team. Okay. Here's the rest of my conversation with Liam Martin, co-founder at TimeDoctor, Staff.com, and Running Remote. Liam, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you back here. Yesterday, we covered a lot of ground talking about where remote teams fit into the workplace. And it's a trend that is becoming more and more popular with small businesses that are resource constrained and also large businesses that are trying to lower their overhead. So today, let's talk a little bit about the dynamics of actually building a remote team. Walk me through how you figure out what are the tasks that you want to outsource and make remote, and how do you find the right talent for those? So in terms of the generalized structure, if you're going to build a content team, I always talk to people. We've got about two dozen people on the team right now. They are our SEO manager, our blog editor. The SEO manager has a whole bunch of linkers, and they manage the research team. And then the content editor manages all of the writers. So that's about 24 people for us. In essence, you can probably just start with two, which is the SEO manager and the content editor, because the SEO manager initially is going to be your very first linker inside of your organization. We hired our SEO manager internally. So we ended up having a team of like four to five people. Actually, a bit of a side discussion on that one is I used to have an SEO manager who was amazing. And he was my right hand for four years. And then I remember he came to me and he's actually an an American expat living in the Philippines. And he knew nothing about online marketing. Four years later, he came to me and he said, Hey, Liam, I can't work for you any longer, or it's going to be very difficult for me to work for you because I've learned so much from working inside of the company and managing all of this team that I built my own affiliate website and I'm doing $20,000 a month off the affiliate website. And at that point, I think we were paying him like four to $5,000 a month. And I was very excited about that. It was hard for me to see him go, but he absolutely took the opportunity and blew it. Sometimes you have to let your chicks leave the nest. Yeah, that's it. 
that was actually a little bit heartbreaking for me. So we've got a, a current guy right now that actually is still located in the Philippines that still worked on that team. He's managing that team now. And then our content editor is actually located in New Jersey and he manages all of the different writers. So writing, I would say you should probably keep that US based because they'll be able to speak to the avatar that you are really trying to communicate to. Like if your customer's from France, you should probably hire a French content editor as an example. So anyways, you have those people in place, then you start deploying your pieces of content. So on average, we do a meeting once a month. I actually have mine tonight where I'm going to identify or we are all going to identify all of the different keywords that we're going to write for not this month, but two months from now. So we always stay three months ahead in our content calendar. We use a tool called Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S.com. I hate giving them free advertising, but... It's cool. They're a sponsor of the MarTech podcast and their sponsorship starts in Q2. Perfect. Ahrefs.com. I really wish that they would give me an affiliate code because I talk about them all the time and they're <laughs> a fantastic tool. So you use that tool to be able to identify all of the keyword opportunities that are available for us at that particular time. Our niche is remote work and outsourcing. So we identify keywords inside of that. If you run a blog, don't start talking about toilet seats as an example if you run a remote team or if your blog's about building remote teams because basically Google just won't give you the benefit of the doubt on that. We identify those keywords. We then send those out to all of the writers, to the content editor. Every article that we write is minimum 3,000 words. The reason why it's minimum 3,000 words is the more words you write, the higher your chance of getting to the top of the search for Google. And then once those pieces come back, they're put into our content calendar, they're optimized by my SEO manager, and then they are disseminated to a singular linker. And that linker usually works on that particular keyword for approximately two to six weeks. And we have about a dozen people on the linking team. So they're each basically issued a particular piece of content. Their job is to promote that. And what we will do is we will identify at minimum 1,000 people that have websites that have linked to an article that connects to the article that we would like to promote. And we basically sit down with them and send them an email saying, Hey, Ben, this is Liam from Time Doctor. Really would love to talk to you about our article on virtual assistants. I saw that you linked to this article on virtual assistants, and we really think that ours is better. However, we also see that you are trying to link for viral growth, as an example. And we checked out martechpod.com slash episode slash category slash viral dash growth. And it just happens to be that we're already six for that particular keyword. And we've added you to our breakdown of the top 20 viral growth strategies of 2020. And here is the link to that information. So the process is to literally give someone something before asking back for it. And our success rate from that is approximately 5 to 7%. Industry average is about 2 to 3% for cold outreach in that method. So the process that I'm hearing is, A, you're getting together with your team once a month. You have somebody who is doing your organic growth strategy. You have somebody that is doing your content production, publishing, linking, and essentially syndication. Walk me through for a business that is interested in building the organic growth machine. How do you find the talent, right? Now that I know what the five people that I'm going to hire, or maybe you're just looking for two that are going to do all of the tasks together, where do I go to find them? 
I would probably say a couple websites off the top of my head is flexjobs.com, we work remotely, remote.com, and remotive.io. Those are probably the best platforms. And the reason why is they are remote work friendly. So their job posts specifically for remote workers. So they've already had some type of experience. And what you want to be able to do is put up a job post that says, have you had experience ranking blog posts before or ranking particular pages? So usually the way that I'll do this interview is if someone sends me a few URLs that they've successfully ranked for, I'll put them into Ahrefs and actually check their map and see whether or not they've accomplished that. And then secondarily, when I'm on a live call with them, I will challenge them directly. And I will say, hey, you said that you ranked for virtual assistants and you're currently not ranking for virtual assistants in the way that you told me on this document. Please explain this to me. Explain to me these 78 backlinks that apply to that particular page. And usually from there, you should be able to get a pretty good idea of who is playing around with you and who is legitimate. And then from that point forward, we actually have a full playbook. I noticed that you didn't mention Upwork.com, which is one of the tools that we've used to find some of our remote employees. Why did you mention the list that you have as opposed to sort of the enterprise grade or the largest remote working service on the planet? For me, Upwork is a fantastic service if you want a project done. So if you want a website built, if you like a one-off project, they're great. If you want to be able to build a long-term asset, so most of our linkers, as an example, have probably been with us for five plus years. Mm -hmm. Those are the types of people that I want to be able to hire. If you're looking for a one-off project, Upwork is by far the best place. Another honorable mention is uh, Fiverr. Mm -hmm. Those two platforms are really good at like one-off tasks. I want a website built. I want a blog post written. But if I want a blog writer, generally Upwork isn't the best place and or it's directly against their TOS to be able to pull people off of their platform. The reality is a lot of people do that, to be honest with you, but Upwork charges a very high fee, which is approximately 20% more. Right. Okay. So here's the process that we've used when we're evaluating outsourced talent. We will actually give a small project, right? If we're going to have a blog writer, we will give them one blog to write. And it's a paid project with the promise of you know future work if they're able to deliver on time, hit the quality standards that we want, and communicate well about their work. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? 
Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. What's the process that you're applying to evaluate the performance of someone once you've hired them? And are you giving short-term projects and building, or are you just really onboarding somebody for the equivalent of a full-time job? We have a one to three month onboarding period in which we're doing that type of work. And we always hire two people. I would never hire one person for project work. I would always hire at minimum two, possibly three to four. And I would give them either exactly the same task if possible. So if I was going to write a piece of content, I would tell each person, you're going to write a 3000 word blog article on virtual assistants. So I can very quantifiably compare all of that information in front of me, because unfortunately, sometimes what you see on the resume isn't actually what they do in terms of execution. And if you've gone through that entire process of shortlisting a candidate, you want to be able to cover your math by spending an extra one or $2,000 on the application process by hiring one or two other people for anywhere from, I think the shortest engagement that we've done is one week to the longest engagement that we've done is three months with more than one candidate for one position. So you mentioned that you're having people do duplicate work, right? You're hiring multiple people to do the same project for a short period of time while you're evaluating their efficiency, their dependability. Talk to me about what you're paying for specific tasks. Obviously, there's some what I call the economy of geography in our last episode. But if you're hiring somebody that's offshore, I'm here in the United States, it's going to be a little less expensive. How do you figure out what to pay? That's actually an interesting one. So we pay $300 per article for 3,000 word post. And most of our writers are US-based. Why? Because they're really good at writing blog posts. We actually tried to hire one of our blog post writers as the content editor. And we thought to ourselves, oh, well, she's probably going to come on for 5000 a month or something like that. And we found out that it was only taking her two hours to write a 3,000-word article for $300. So she was, in essence, making $150 an hour. So she actually wanted $15,000 a month to be the content editor because she was so good at her job. So it really just boils down to efficiency per product, right? What can they do? What's their output? And how efficient they are at their job. And we've just found that US workers for writers are the best. So with your writers, you're paying on a per piece basis. Correct. When you're working with you know, your link builders, your content publishers, some of the people that are offshore, what's the range that you're paying? Depends on the person, but we've had people in the Philippines that are probably $500 US to approximately $1,500 US. It kind of floats between that range, really depends on the area, the experience. And that's on a monthly basis? On a monthly basis, yeah. Yeah, on a dollar basis from our experience, we've had some people that are doing more remedial tasks, you know, high volume of hours, but not a lot of experience needed to be able to do it for as low as three to four dollars. And we have some remote employees that are, you know, various places in the world that are making seven or eight dollars. Generally, they are all less if they are remote employees outside of the United States than what minimum wage would be here. And I know that might sound bad, but you have to factor in what the cost of living is in the place that they're living. It is actually dramatically more than what the minimum wage would be 
in their native country. Yeah, we have a a short that we ran last year at Running Remote, which really kind of encapsulated the message that remote work really gives employers and employees the opportunity to find the best of each other. And we ran this short about Fahim, who is a worker in Bangladesh, who primarily works on Fiverr and Upwork. And he went from begging in the streets to making $2,000 a month on Fiverr as a designer. And he also happens to have advanced muscular dystrophy. So he cannot walk. He cannot function past basically using his hand, which he uses for his design work. And he has a 4.9 out of 5 stars on Fiverr. Excellent reviews. And there's nothing on there about him having muscular dystrophy. So remote work really gives people access to work opportunities that they wouldn't have otherwise had. And the average salary in Bangladesh is, I believe, 100 US per month. So he's making 20x what the average salary is in Bangladesh. That's an amazing story. And it's great to hear the value of the US dollar when you're helping employ people around the world. Talk to me a little bit about when you find employees or when you find contractors that are going to work for you. You go through the process, you figure out who's going to be on your team. How do you monitor, evaluate, and retain the people that are going to be on your team? Well, let's go back to the linker and content example, because we'll stay on that line. So outside of using Time Doctor, which I'm currently using now, and everyone inside of our company uses to be able to manage their time and figure out how efficient they are at completing particular tasks... What we use for the content team is a metric that we developed internally, which is cumulative domain authority. So we recognized that there were two factors that we wanted to maximize inside of our content team. One was to be able to get high domain authority links. And domain authority is basically just a measure of 1 to 100. I'm sure that most people listening to this podcast know what domain authority is. And then the other one was just getting backlinks. So we recognized that if we told the linking team, go get us backlinks, they would get us backlinks from low DA sites because they're easier to get backlinks on. But then if we said, well, we don't want you to get backlinks on any website below DA50, then it created a completely separate problem where they wouldn't actually get many backlinks. Maybe they'd get two or three, but they would be from really high authority sites. So what we decided to do is implement this new model, which was... If you get a backlink, it only counts towards the DA points inside of that domain. So timedoctor.com is a DA 77. So if you were to get a backlink from Time Doctor, it would be worth 77 points. Salesforce, which we just got a backlink from a couple months ago, is a DA 86. So that would count as 86 points. So you'd add 86 to 77, and that would be your cumulative domain authority for the month. And we pay out commissions monthly based off of that. And that's generally a really core North Star metric for the entire content team. So you're moving away from paying on an hourly basis or paying on a per activity basis and really trying to align compensation with the value gained by your employees' work. We pay everyone a base. So everyone in the company gets paid a base. And then on top of that, there's a commission structure dependent upon who are the best performers inside of the organization. Okay. You've mentioned that you've retained some of your remote workers for multiple years. 
just like in any other business, you know, these are people and they want to be compensated for their work fairly and everybody feels like they should deserve a raise. Is there a way that you're structuring the working relationship so people who have been dedicated and in the same way that, you know, if you have an anniversary at work, you know, you get promoted every two to four years when you're a W-2 to in-house employees, how are you keeping people around? Talk to me about the retention strategy. So number one, we have a couple employee perks that generally people really enjoy, which is number one, everyone gets to work remotely. (laughs) So they don't have to see my face every single day yelling at them. They only see it through Skype and they can just turn the screen off if they want to. I bet you people have done that. We do team retreats every year. So everyone on the team, everyone in the company flies to some place once a year. And it's usually one to two weeks. I think this year we're going to do Goa in India, which is pretty cool. Last year we did Bali. We also implement base level increases every single year. And then we look at personal advancement inside of the organization. And that's how we calculate our overall increase. So it could be anywhere from 2% to possibly 10 to 15% as an increase year over year. It really depends on how well they're doing. We actually are just about to be able to implement what we're kind of calling like a chief compensation officer, someone that can really look at the organization and understand how can we increase people with either time, money, or responsibility that will make them feel that they're a needed part of the team. I think that's one of the biggest learnings that I've had by building the remote team for the MarTech podcast is that a lot of people, and I maybe was a, I don't want to say a victim of this, but subscribe to this thought process that remote workers count less than people that are your in-house employees, right? They are disposable and they are not as somebody that you're basically building around for the long term. And having run the MarTech podcast for a little less than than two years and other businesses that we've had remote employees, the understanding that the relationships you can build with your remote employees are just as valuable and the work that you get can be just as not more valuable than you would working with somebody sitting in the same office with them. That also goes with the needs and desires when you're building your remote team they have career directions, right? They have aspirations and goals. And your job as their remote employer is to understand what those are and help them get the career advancements. And that's one of the big things. It's not just necessarily the compensation, but providing them with the skills and training to develop their career, because that's something that's going to be important, not only for in-house employees, but for remote employees as well. Absolutely. For us, if an employee can move on to a bigger and better position in another company, we just see that as a reflection on us mentoring that employee properly. And you have to let those people go when they're ready to go. Sometimes you have to let your chicks leave the nest. Hopefully you can keep them not necessarily in their shell, but growing up as you know the birds in your flock for a long time. Liam, I appreciate you walking us through how remote employees work and how you structure your team. Thanks for being our guest on the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again to Liam Martin, co-founder of TimeDoctorStaff.com and Running Remote for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Liam, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can find him on YouTube. His channel is youtube.com slash running remote, or you could visit his websites, which are staff.com, timedoctor.com, and runningremote.com, which is his conference. 
There's one last link in our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You could sign up for our once a week newsletter, and you can also send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, pretty much everywhere. Or you could reach out to me directly. My handle is Ben J. Schapp. B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.